bet a hundred on myself I've been all alone, ain't never need nobody else I'm at a top floor, sipping margaritas off the show Wish I had some competition, but it Collectability is going to be out the yang. I mean, I think the cat's out of the bag that rookie NFTs, like all the sports card collecting stuff, I think will be happening in this world. Um, so I think there's a lot of, of future opportunities. Um, I mean, sports are like music, one of those true cultural infrastructure icons in our society. And, and, and the consumer blockchain, aka NFTs, is like a profound infrastructure like the internet. And so I think you're going to see major, major things happen. Hey, hey, how's my sound doing? Doing good. Sound great. God bless. Welcome. Sorry welcome. I'm late, everyone. Jeez, you know, imagine trying to remember your Discord login when it's only on your phone and you're on a laptop. Can't be done. Well, thank you for joining us uh, today, Matt. I know you're uh, a very busy individual. Um, we went ahead and uh, introduced Gary here. Would you mind, uh, for those of you that don't know, just a quick introduction. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Kalish. I'm one of the founders at DraftKings, uh, president of North America, which means I'm working on all of our different products, whether it's fantasy sports, sports betting, iGaming, and more recently, the DraftKings Marketplace. Uh, which we launched about six months ago, and also co-host Props and Drops with Gary. So great to be with you, Gary. We actually filmed an episode earlier today, so looking forward to that coming out and you know, looking forward to this Q&A as well. Sounds great here. So uh, I think, yeah, I apologize. My, no my mic was having some issues. Um, our community has some questions. Uh, Kalish, I'm going to re-ask the very first question by Rufus G. Uh, so you both love sports and you're both are immersed in the NFT space. Do you think that the future holds for the combination of the two? I know that DK has a deal with the NFLPA and it appears headed towards gamification of the players' NFTs. Can you expand on any future plans and do you foresee DK expanding NFTs to other sports in the near future as well? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of different interesting categories within the sports world, whether it's gameplay driven, you know, NFTs that can drive fantasy gameplay or other prediction games in sports. Uh, and there's also lots of use cases like um, around collectibles and things that I think over decades have been proven out to be really popular. Uh, and even in the last year or so, when you look at platforms, whether it's, you know, NBA top shots or so rare, you know, these concepts have sort of been uh, proven out. There's been some early adoption. And so deals like what we're doing with the, N the NFLPA that we recently announced, I don't think are you know, huge leaps to assume that they're going to be really popular with our audience. And, you know, more than anything, what we build is driven by our audience. We have over 10 million customers on DraftKings today. And so we just, you know, simply ask, like, what's next on our roadmap? And that's what fuels a lot of what we build next. So we don't even have to guess or predict, really. It's just through talking to our customer and understanding, like, what are they doing with their time and attention that really drives a lot of what we build at DraftKings. Thank you. Uh, from from Thomas, Tom Thomas, we have another question. From an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial 
perspective slash background, what tools do you guys use or have found that are most uh, important for realizing how you how we are actually early adopters of crypto and NFTs? Um, things such as Google keyword search to find out how certain topics are trending or Etherscan to see how many unique wallets that are active. Are there any tools other than those that you or your teams use uh, to take generalized assumptions and narrow them down to specifics? I, I invest by the person in charge of the project, not by data. So I don't think math upfront in a period like this is a good indicator to success. I think a subjective human opinion on the artist or the founder is a better proxy. So I don't use any of those tools, Matt. Um, yeah, I'd say from like a data or evidence standpoint, it's like research. We like to, you know, survey DraftKings customers. We like to do focus groups or talk to, you know, the, the biggest users of the platform to try to get a sense for like how interesting some different ideas are. Uh, and then just as a human being, as a, you know, entrepreneur and somebody that, you know, really enjoys building things. I like to get my hands dirty as well. So I know Gary and I have a lot of things in common where, you know, we'll do our, you know, 10, 20 hours check into something and then we'll get our hands dirty. We go, we'll start buying NFTs, start, you know, jumping in discords, jump in telegram rooms, like really just being part of the community. I think often you get a sense for like, is this thing a short-term fad or is it something that's here for the long run? And you know, I'm a believer that anything that has a rabid, like early adopter dynamic going on often turns out to have legs over the long term. And I've been really excited to see, you know, over the last year as I've been really hands-on with with NFTs and watched the evolution of that space, like tremendous early adopter community that really evangelized. They really, you know, people are trying to bring in family, friends. Um, build companies around NFTs, write content. And I think the the beginnings, the first, you know, 500,000 million people buying NFTs are really going to spread the word to tens or hopefully hundreds of millions of people over the next decade. So uh, that kind of strength of community, the strength of the early adopter base is something that I always look for. Thank you for that. From Devo Customs. What ways do you think projects with high floors can attract and welcome budget-friendly consumers into their community? Um, from my perspective, I mean, I'm going through it with Be Friends Series 2, is, you know, Garbage Pail Kids, when they came out, there was a Series 1. Transformers, when the toys came out, there was only eight action figures in Series 1. Um, you're always evolving. You need to worry about supply and demand, but high floor projects have permission to create higher volume, lower cost items to get people into the intellectual property. So I think that's an incredible way. Plus there'll be tokenomics soon, fractionalization. <laughs> Excuse me, fractionalization's coming. So people putting up a board ape or a V-friend um, or a world of women night goddess. By the way, Kalos, did you see the night goddess sale at Christie's? Oh my, I think I missed it. What was it? I think it just happened. I gotta look. I've been busy all day too, but I, there was some brouhaha in one of my 
threads. Um, nonetheless, I think we're gonna see fractionalization. So six-figure NFTs being sold into little pieces like a company selling stock, which is gonna allow people to be in on the action. So I think those are some of the angles I see. Kailish? Yeah, I think the the sort of top projects that have the highest floors and the biggest price tags on them are really creates an aspiration, like a sense that if you're building a new project, it's almost like one way of looking at reaching the pinnacle would be like achieving a high value. And so I definitely think having a, a beacon out there of like the most successful projects helps you know, set the standard and set the bar for like what you try to achieve if you're launching a project yourself. But like, I think mass accessibility of the projects, like everybody's not going to go out and invest, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 ETH into an NFT. It just doesn't make sense for the vast majority of people. But like through projects like, um, you know, Fractional, where you can buy shares of big NFTs, you can get a piece of it. Um, you can buy often derivative projects from NFTs that you really like that have like a similar look and feel uh, and just have like a, a piece of that dynamic. Uh, I think as more projects have an opportunity to bring merch into, you know, real life, like for example, Gary announced recently like a deal with vFriends and Uno, just like an example of this. You know, if you like the IP that the projects represent, think physical goods like apparel, games, other things will start coming to market that let you be a sort of part of it. So uh, lots of different dynamics I'm sure will pop up. Uh, also like in-person events I've seen where like communities supporting different NFT projects can show up and get together in person. All of these are ways I think that people can get involved with like projects they like, even if the, the price tag is expanded beyond what they want to spend on an NFT. Both really, really great answers. Um, from T Pro, what is the most exciting next phase in the Web three slash NFT space that no one is currently talking about publicly? Um, I mean, I, there's little things that I don't think a lot of people are talking about that seem obvious to me. The biggest one for me is photography NFTs. I think have a real shot. I think NFTs funding music and film real shot. And then finally, I would say in the macro, we're in the phase right now of collectability with a hint of utility. I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is it's going to be utility with a hint of collectability. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's interesting because even like what Web3 is, I think is still, if you ask 10 people, even people that are like really into the space, what Web3 even means, it's still figuring itself out quite a bit. To me, I associate that with, you know, web two equals like a company launches a website, you're creating an account, they have custody of all of your data. Um, web three is more decentralized, you know, even in a lot of cases, it's anonymous in terms of like who you are. The login process is through some kind of like wallet connection that maybe, you know, you're, you're, you haven't even identified yourself all of the time. And all of the data and the transaction histories are all public. So I think the biggest difference is this sort of like decentral access to data equals Web3 to me. So I think a lot of what's interesting that will come next will be like how do different uh, uh, like uses for that data and information come up 
you know, I think like just the history of like what people buy, what they invest in, what they're supporting, all of that creates really interesting content, uh, for example. So I think just like the use of all of that information that's public on the blockchain and like how that all gets used and packaged up for interesting content will be like one of the bigger uses. And from Stags, we have uh, in your recent Props and Drops episode with Dylan from Autograph, Matt and Gary, you talk about grades for different NFT projects, C, B plus, A. What do you grade the Autograph project in its current state? What do you think it will be? And what does the project need to do to obtain an A status, if not already, uh, but also maintain A grade status once there? Yeah, I'll go first. Autograph is about six months in, and I think have, when I think about organizations bringing NFTs to market, hard to really figure out an organization that's done more in six months. You know, really A-list, top-tier partners, Tom Brady's involved on the board. You know, when you go through, like, the caliber of IP that they're able to bring and, and bring to market through NFTs and what they've done that quickly really like a remarkable set of achievements and, you know, recently announced like a pretty substantial fundraise uh, that I think will help fuel the future quite a bit. It's always really hard. I mean, everybody, every project's not for everyone, almost impossible to just characterize something so broadly as like, oh, this is a plus. I think different projects have different audiences in mind and Autograph has one of the more rabid bases that I've seen in any NFT project. And they've also been able to go really broad, like by offering NFTs at, for example, like $12 entry point. You just can't find that with a lot of the drops today that, you know, maybe it's 0.1, 0.2 ETH just to get your foot in the door. Some are even, you know, in the thousands of dollars to be a part of the initial drop. So I think Autograph has really done a great job with the mainstream accessibility, you know, offering price points that are attainable for just about everyone. And, you know, six months in, hard to say, like, what the next 10 years will look like, but I think that they're in a really good position. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think they're establishing a lot of iconic people's rookie NFT, so I'm very bullish long-term. Um, that, you know, that's the only thing I would add to what Kayla just said. And the last question here that we have from the community, uh, Nosmos um, asks, when are we going to see a DK NFT project? Well, many have probably seen our, our announcement with the NFLPA, so it's evident that we have some stuff in the works. We actually have quite the team that we've built up over the last six months that's really dedicated towards, you know, developing our roadmap and I think what what to expect will be a combination of like really great collectibles, really, really interesting projects that help enhance the experience of playing on DraftKings. You know, I think what is sort of different about how DraftKings is situated is we're coming into the space already having an audience that we're actively serving every single day. Like people come and they play fantasy, they're playing sports betting, iGaming showing up on the product and engaging daily. So we see there being a lot of value in enhancing that gameplay, enhancing the experience on the site, 
giving more loyalty and rewards for our users. So a lot of the projects that we have kind of under development, I'm really excited to announce, but they're all geared around like what do our 10 or 15 million users want to see? Since we have a little bit of time, I'd like to take uh, one question specifically for you, Gary, uh, from our audience here today. The NFT Please. man um, asks, what do you think about the impact of large established corporations like Salesforce, New York Stock Exchange preparing to launch their own marketplaces? I just think it's an indicator to something that we believe to be true a year ago, which is this is going to be a space similar to the internet. The consumer blockchain is that big. And so I think it's affirmation to the seriousness. Those two companies don't jump in for kicks and giggles on a fad. Um, anybody who's thinking about it deeply recognizes what's brewing. Um, obviously, there's an incredible amount of short-term behavior and greed in the space and silliness and scams. But there was when America established the West Coast. There was when the internet started. There was when a million things have happened. So all normal human behavior. And um, I think that's, especially the New York Stock Exchange, you're talking about real affirmation to the real real here. All right, thank you very much. Yeah. Matt, would you like yeah, to Yeah, one thing I would add to that is I would just say, you know, I think it really says something when so many different large organizations are prioritizing Web3 or NFT projects as a part of their plans coming into 2022. And, you know, like, I don't know if we needed validation, like people that are in this space who are collecting, like, probably already know that it's a thing, you know. I'm not sure anybody needed like Adidas to tell us that. But at the same point, when you see so many really intelligent people, parts of really big successful companies coming to a similar conclusion, I think it just gives you that added reinforcement that, you know, this sort of technology, this sort of uh, uh, form of expression is going to be here to stay. All right. Thank you very much. Um, that is uh, all the questions that I currently have, and we've um, got a few more minutes uh, of time here if there's anything else that you want to speak on. or I, uh, I I would like to take care of my seven operational fires at VaynerX land, so I'm going to do that. I wish everybody a tremendous week. Kalish, I love you. Great to hang twice in a day, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, really, really to check in and... You know, like, I love seeing the Discord grow, the DraftKings Discord grow. I think it'll be, you know, a really great resource, a great source of information, content, community over the years. As more and more starts to launch in DraftKings Marketplace, I think it'll be a destination where, you know, uh, a sort of hub of the latest, greatest thinking of what's coming. So really appreciate everybody's early engagement. And I always, like I said, big, big fan of like the early community around anything. I think the first, you know, initial seed of any community really drives what it looks like when it's 10 or 100x the size. So really appreciate everybody who's engaged, everybody's, you know, uh, uh, passion around the space and look forward to communicating and working with you more over the next months. Love it.
Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, everybody, for asking your questions prior to this AMA in our Submit a Question uh, channel. That's where we pulled all of your guys' questions from so that we made sure uh, to answer, you know, what was important to you guys. Thank you all for showing up and uh, hanging out with us today. I hope you got some value out of it, and we will catch you next time. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Marketplace for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text Hope, New York, 467-369 in New York. Visit OKGR.org in Oregon. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 plus only, 18 plus in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. No results guaranteed. Void were prohibited. Eligibility restrictions apply. See www.draftkings.com sportsbook for full details. Odds and lines are subject to change.